everybody, and welcome back to So It's Come to This, a Simpsons Family Podcast. You just very aggressively looked at Brendan <laughs> when you said that. Every time. I, every time. That because, may have been threatening. Because I heard him go, Ugh. That's like how Dean very aggressively looks at you when he's cleaning himself. That is true. It is very aggressive. If you forgot, Dean is our cat. How could they forget? Yeah, Corey makes it that they can't forget. And he's sick. Yep. Well, he was sick. Yes. I'll get to that later. Yeah. All right. So, as always, I'm the father, Brian. Yo, it's your boy, Brendan. Back at it again with another episode of So It's Come to This. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm done. We have a special guest today, and our special guest just threw things I at Brendan. Brain. So, but before we get to him. Are you pointing to me? I'm pointing to you. My name is Corey. I'm the mother. I hope nothing gets thrown at me, but hey, the the podcast is still young. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> that is true. Yes, hello. It's me, Kaylin. I'm the daughter or sister. And the birthday girl. She just had a birthday party. Well, it's not till Wednesday. So happy birthday to you. Yay. Yay. Happy, happy birthday. And now, without any further ado, we have a special guest today. But I, 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 want, I would be remiss if I didn't apologize to special guest for not giving him romper room shout out. So I have the mirror out right now and I'm looking directly at him. And our special guest today is friend to me, friend to the podcast, friend to humanity. Mr. Carl Duty. Hello. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. So, yes, we decided to repay you from not being in the romper room window by just having you here. It's a mirror. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Um, a little hurt. It's not my fault. It's his fault. I asked him if I could mention Carl, and he said maybe you shouldn't because he's afraid of you. Him meaning Brian is afraid of Carl. <laughs> I just want to clear that up. I mean, I just like you know. After the first episode where I said I was listening, I, I get that. After the second episode where I said I was listening, a little hurt, not going to lie. Take it up with him! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, like, you thought you needed permission? I don't know what Excuse I was my, thinking. Well, you think I, like, copyright my name or something? <laughs> don't you? I've got, like, lawyers that are going to sue you or something? I mean, Kaylin's always warning us. I'm, uh, Kaylin, I love you to death. You don't know how the legal system works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, so, and today, Carl is the one who actually picked our episode. Um, so, we'll be discussing that in a little bit. So, before we get to that, let's go to our uh, normal progression here things that we're doing as we kind of go through. So, to start us all off, the word you're looking for is segments, by the way. Sure, segments. That We'll go with that. So to start us off, um, let's talk about our social media presence. Brendan, why don't you start us off? With- oh, no. Do you want uh, him to? Well, you know, I'm not very active on Twitter. Uh, so, but if you want to follow us, you can. But it's at it's come the number two this pod. I got it right this time. You know, this is our, what, 12th this is, episode? This is very threatening. He's lined up for rocks, and I feel... <laughs> 12th episode, you figure we would have had this taken care of by now. 
this is the problem with giving him the rights to no, uh to it's this. at it's come the number two this pod i was correct we're all good all right i'm excellent I'm, listen i i sympathize with the lad it, it took it took a good number of episodes for me to remember the exact wording of of our stuff yep so get he's doing all right good on you all right, Kaylin, what about our Instagram? So our Instagram, we actually got a message a few days oh. ago. Oh. So it was, uh, should I read it? Sure. Well, I mean, you don't have to read all of it. Maybe summarize okay. it. So basically, it was well, from... First, yeah, you're going to tell us who it was from. Okay. It was from Tim. Oh, Tim. Again. Hi, Tim. And basically, he just said, um, you guys doing a good job. We're, uh, say the quotes, right? Again. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're we're not good at that. <laughs> um, he said, "Your last two podcasts have clearly reflected your enthusiasm for the episodes covered." Oh, but oh, we haven't taken his advice to put the next episode in our show notes. Gotcha. So, like, before we're going into the next episode, actually revealing what that next episode would be. That's what you're saying? Yes. Or should it be well, a surprise? And because we've been looking thing. at it like it should be a surprise, but like I understand where he's coming. Like the problem is I think sometimes we don't know what the next yeah, episode's no. gonna be. <laughs> yeah, we're figuring it out as we go. And in the last episode we didn't have well, I think this was two episodes ago. Yeah, because you wouldn't know about the last episode because you weren't on it. Mm. <laughs> so uh we didn't do the segment where it was like, What are you into this week? We didn't do that. Right. But we ran so long that episode, that's why we <laughs> cut that out. Okay, so our Instagram, if you want to message us, follow us, anything. Um, it's so it's come to this underscore pod, so shoot us a follow. All right. And thanks for uh, the message, Tim. We appreciate it. And thank you for the uh, constructive criticism as we are continuing to try to make the show better as we go along. Um, hopefully, uh, we're making you happy as we go. So thank you. Um, and of course, we also have the email. We have no emails today, uh, but I just took a look. And it's so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. So we'd love to see you on there. All right. So um, into that, I know everyone loves it so much, um, but I'll just quickly mention that there was a tapped out update. Great. Uh huh. And all I'm going to say is it is a Black History Month update. Um, it seems to revolve around. <laughs> Do you need more water? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> He's waiting for me to talk again. <laughs> Revolves around. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying? Dr. Hibbert. So Dr. Hibbert is uh, what it's revolving around. And that's all I was going to say. I wasn't going to go too into it. Um, Right now it just seems to mostly be just around Dr. Hibbert and his family. All right. But after that, um, let's go into our Ion Springfield. Uh, So this is the update. Yeah, you weren't here for the last episode, so you don't know what this is. But when we we talk about Simpsons news, I have renamed it Ion Springfield. He's very clever. Which is a... Did you come up with that? No, it is a segment on the show. I didn't think you did. Yeah, it's a news (laughs) segment. It's a new segment on The Simpsons. Were you clever, Father? <laughs> no, clearly no. you were. Um, so the one thing I have today is um, Mike Pompeo um, from Donald Trump's cabinet um, got into a little bit of trouble 
because what he ended up doing was after um, Donald Trump went and did his State of the Union speech, everyone probably knows Nancy Pelosi ripped up his speech. So Mike Pompeo actually tweeted a picture of Lisa Simpson, I'm going to show it to everybody here, sobbing with paper in front of her, and basically tweeted that out, referring that to Nancy Pelosi. So after that, Yeardley Smith found out about it, obviously she plays Lisa Simpson, was not too happy about him using her character um, in this way, and she tweeted at him, F you. (laughs) I was going to say, did they pull a Nickelback and, like, do a cease and desist? They did not. But then she said... Look at that photograph. (laughs) (laughs) But then she actually, um, she didn't just say that, but she also said, be a leader, fight your own fight. And she added, oh, wait, I forgot, you're a follower. So, obviously, some harsh words being thrown out there. Damn. Um, The former Simpsons showrunner, Bill Oakley, also chimed in and demanded, Pompeo, do not ever, ever use Simpsons material in your Twitter or watch the show or refer to it in any way. So, obviously, they're very upset over um, this, uh, that has occurred and of course a lot of people came out over twitter and a lot of people were in support of yardley smith i'm sure a lot of people weren't in support as well um but just kind of an interesting situation for this to be into i guess well on to our comedy podcast yeah that's right um so clearly you don't pay attention to politics it's all comedy. (laughs) right (laughs) all right so what about our news and views Corey? you got Um, anything for us well not as sad as last time but pretty sad kirk douglas is dead but he was 103 lived so he life. lived a good life he did and he was uh he was spartacus i am spartacus. nope stop it why are you sean connery what i don't know okay demi lovato uh sang the national anthem at the super bowl she was really great she made me cry and she tweeted about wanting to sing the national anthem at the super bowl 10 years ago um also, she may be dating Machine Gun Kelly, which oh. kind of a mistake, Demi Lovato, but who am I to tell you how to live your Thought life? she was getting it back Favorite together. Disney kid. Well, I mean... Uh. <laughs> Clar- clarify for the, for the senior citizen. Who Machine Gun Kelly is, who Demi Lovato is. Th- I know who Demi Lovato is, but Machine Gun Kelly, I'm thinking... Of Kaylin, you want me to take this? Gangsters. Okay, boomer. Machine Gun Kelly is a rapper. He's white. He's very. He's a white boy rapper. Okay. Not as good as Eminem. But he has a beef with Eminem. Sure. All right. Sure. What? Moving. Like, like two white boy rapper beefs. That's. It's not anything. Where they gonna do? Smack each other. Although, don't start beef with Eminem because he's got Dre. That's all I'm saying. Machine Gun Kelly is this. Pete Davidson looking crap hole. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? I wish you guys could see the look on Carl's face. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Demi Lovato did I? Whatever. All right. She's too good for that. Okay. Can I, can I get out my romper room mirror? Yeah, you can weather? do that now if you'd like. Okay, I have my romper room mirror out. <laughs> Time for listener shout-outs. Kaylin, do you not like the romper room here? I mean, it's better than the tapped-out updates, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, romper room here time. 
I see Carl. He's sitting right next to me. I would hope so. Wait, <laughs> one more thing I forgot what? about. What? I'm sorry. This reminded me of it. In, in, in the message on Instagram, he said, Tim told us Don't that do romper he knew at least one other person that was listening. What's their name? Oh. Oh my god. Joey Jojo Chapman. <laughs> okay. That's I the see. most ridiculous name I've ever heard. Is it TJ Miller? Uh, Joey Jojo. Joey Jojo. <laughs> I see Carl. I see Joey Jojo. Pause it for one minute. So oh my god. Tim, let us know who that person is and we'll add them to the shout out. I mean, or don't. Or don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I broke your stride. Jesus. <laughs> I also see Jesus. There he is. Um, he's all around. I see <laughs> Susie, Mike, Maurice, Teresa, uh, a bunch of rocks being formed. <laughs> um, I, TJ Miller, yep. Jessica and Caleb. Hello. Uh, Richard Gear. No. Uh, hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hey, there's someone who likes a bunch of our stuff on the Facebook page. Her name's Kristen. I don't know who she is, but hello. I see you over there liking stuff and not commenting. So I'm going to say hi to you. Well, it's going to make them feel weird. Well, maybe she should comment. <laughs> Do you know who Kristen is? Yes. Kristen's, uh, her, na- her Kristen is named Kristen. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, okay. Let's not well, out someone's last name. What is going on? Carl knows her too, actually. Well, who is she? Does she like The Simpsons? Why is she liking yeah, everything? Yeah, now I want to know someone's name. Hmm? Now I want to so- Somebody can't sue you for saying their name. You understand okay, this, right? It's just weird. Her name's Kristen. Kristen. Oh, okay, cool. Hey, she, Kristen. She likes all of the stuff but she doesn't comment but when i asked if someone wanted romper room shout out she liked it so i'm taking that as a yes okay all right hello Kristen. for a minute there you were getting kind of aggressive like whoa you're getting really aggressive here and then she (laughs) was like but then she liked it so i was like okay no she liked it she's she's fine with it she told me she didn't tell me anything um hi tim's friend whose name i don't know is it tj miller that's what i asked is Ron Funches? Oh, you know you haven't mentioned Cash in a while. Ron Funches is my best friend. Has Cash like stopped listening? No, hi Cash. I'm sorry. He probably stopped now. And you have hugged Ron Funches twice. I have. We're best friends. Like for real. For reals, guys. Oh, and hi Patrick. Yes. Did I forget anyone else? I'm probably. Sure but let's move on. <laughs> All right, Kaylin. What about our useless weather update? Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the. You 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 useless weather. Something else was just thrown at random. Many more of them. Okay. Hello. Um, the weather where we are is currently 35 degrees Fahrenheit. And it feels feels like 26 degrees. Um, the wind chill is 26 degrees. Uh, uh, the humidity 72%. Um, and the pollen. <laughs> there's snow out there, so there's no pollen. It's 0.3. <laughs> and today pollen. That was great. And today there is. Scattered snow showers. How many is that in knots? Kalen, I'm not going to lie. 
I was not a fan of the useless weather report. You just won. <laughs> I'm on board. It's, it's that pollen update. Everyone needs that. So, you know, two weeks later, that's an important thing to know, what it was well, like two I mean, weeks hey. ago. That's why I didn't feel good. There was pollen in the air. Oh, also... If for those of you who care, which is no one, maybe Susie and Mike and Maurice. Um, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller, yes. Um, Dean. Bruce Davidson. Oh, yeah. Him too. Who else? Bruce Davidson. Um, the ghost of Corey Haim. R.I.P. Wow. He was my favorite Corey, you know. That's getting, still listen. That's stuff. getting dark. He's, <laughs> he's listening with Jesus, right? <laughs> or I, lower yeah might be warmer where cory Haim is anyways our cat had what's called cystitis he had to stay at the hospital last weekend or he was a mess i mean it's it's rough so if you think that your animal is acting weird don't listen to people who say that you're crazy and you <laughs> and you shouldn't worry about it. So don't listen to your family is what... Basically, yeah. because... So she was staring it, directly. It could have been, I was making very aggressive eye contact with you and you weren't looking at it. I was looking it. away. Um, <laughs> because it could be something more. But let me but just say okay that when now. you're having your freak out, didn't I say just give it a day and then call the vet if you're he worried said, about it? At first you said I was crazy, then you said give it a few days. How about we don't argue on the podcast? I have learned to not use that word or how to do That makes for good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> just like throwing stuff at people. <laughs> I'm just saying. But the good update on Dean... Given to your irrational fears and hysterias. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this could be interesting. Like, whatever you're talking, Carl could just be feeding things to you. It <laughs> usually happens. That's why I say Carl and I, like, for formal situations, maybe it's not the best idea to have he and I sit together. I can think of a few because... examples. <laughs> we'll leave those off the air. I'm just saying. Yes. But anyways, the update on Dean. He's, he's, he's... He needs a sound. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's okay. He's on prescriptions. He's on prescription food. He probably will be for the rest of his and life. And he hates taking his pills. Oh, we have to wrap him up like a burrito, and he doesn't like it, and he has spit the pill back out at me numerous times. Yep. But we get it down there eventually. So, so glad to know that Dean is feeling better. Yes? Nope. I'm not going to say it's okay. family podcast. All right. <laughs> good to good to know okay all right so all right um, that's it so let's get into our episode Thank here you and good night um so carl before we get to the episode yes why don't you tell us some like your feelings about the simpsons like you know how you felt about the show like when you started watching if you're still watching basically your experiences with the show and what brings you here today outside of us saying hey would you want to come record with us well i'm old so <laughs> i was there from the beginning i was there for the holiday special and just kind of started watching it from there on out tracy ullman or just from the holiday special yeah, well, yeah, I guess I can't say I was there from the absolute beginning, right. but just from the holiday special, um, and then when it came on there, you know, I started watching it, and it was one of those shows that 
it was a, you know, for lack of a better term, it was a water cooler show for, you know, you and I went to school together in high school, you know, the Monday after, you know, we'd always talk about the episode and whatnot. So, to quote it, whatnot, stayed with it probably throughout college and a little bit afterwards. Um, don't, I don't so much watch anymore. It's not to say that it's not good. I mean, I think everyone can agree, like, obviously there's those prime years, the seasons two to, I think, eight and ten, between eight and ten is kind of the debated... Yeah, some will go up to 13, but yeah, yeah it all depends. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, is it is it as good as it was? No, but that's not to say it's not good. I mean, you're not, you're not going to watch an episode of The Simpsons today, a brand new episode of The Simpsons, and not laugh. Right. Um... I think that it's obviously it's cultural icon. It it is etched firmly into the pop culture history um, that we have as a country, and I, I don't think The Simpsons is something that will ever be duplicated. Whether it's animation or live action, like a run like this is just unprecedented. You know, multi multiple generations have gotten into the show and. You know, it's one of the whole reasons why you're doing this endeavor is to, you know, kind of could have two generations of Simpsons fans comparing notes. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things like you know when you think about it, how many days really go by where you don't quote the Simpsons in one form or another? For me, never. There isn't a day <laughs> for anyone who's like who considers themselves a fan. Right. Like, come on. Yep. And, you know, you were over here last night, and we were talking a lot and talking about the episode that you chose, and we're like, oh, but then there was also this one, and this one, and that one, and that one. Yeah. What about this one? And you, you could just go down the rabbit hole. And even when we're not talking about The Simpsons, the quote still finds their ways into, you know, everyday vocabulary and, and conversations, you know. How many times do we say, I was saying Boo Earns? You know, it's just, it's, it's etched into our very identity. And actually, we just did it a few minutes ago. Yeah. We just brought up a quote completely out of yeah. context. So, all right. So, um, again, why don't you tell us um, what episode you, you have chosen today? So, the episode chosen today is three men in a comic book, or three guys yep, in a three comic book? three men in a comic three book. Three men in a comic book. Was that like um, three men and a baby? That's what it's a play yes. on, obviously. Yep. It's a play on words. Clever. Um, so, yeah, originally, uh, when Brian approached me about being on the show, he threw this episode out as a suggestion, because I am well-versed in the... Uh, world and lore of comic books as it is, and orig- originally when he reapproached me about being on the show and asked me what episode I wanted to do, I said, well, I thought he wanted me to do this one. He's like, well, you can do another one if you want. And initially I thought Cape Fear, because my all-time favorite Simpsons episode, but the show has been kind of bob-heavy. It has. In recent weeks, so... Really love Kelsey Grammer. Sideshow Bobcast. Just make it <laughs> Sideshow Bobcast. I mean, there's Trade- at least... Trademark Budnick family. There's at least 16 episodes, I think, or something yeah. like that. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries. 
Shroom would help a lot. Hashtag zombie shark. <laughs> this is why we can't sit together at formal events. I'm so confused. Well, Corey and I, and Brian, you said that this was discussed on an earlier episode. I apologize. I haven't listened to every single episode. Um, you can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's uh, fine. <laughs> Corey and I had an idea on um, one night long, long ago. Why don't they do a Cheers musical? And we already have the opening number choreographed. Yes, it would it would it would put butts in seats, as they say, in the theater world. So, like, you have obviously the iconic Cheers theme song, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. I mean, Corey sings it all the time, so <laughs> yeah, I do. So that and the greatest American hero. You open up on the stage, lights come up. Sam Malone comes in singing. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Next person walks in is Norm. Taking a break from all your worries. Sure would help a lot. <laughs> and you just have all the cast what come in, happening? each one doing a different line of the song, and just launching into a Cheers musical. And then we'll produce the movie Zombie Shark. Yes. With the money from the Cheers musical. Right. Hey, you won't need that much because you're going to do it on sci fi, I believe. Is what is what the original well, intention was. I mean, why not? Sci-fi will buy in everything. Coming back to before the we Simpsons go back. Episode. How drunk were you two when we you weren't. came up? Stone soap. Listen, listen. Sci-fi is a good at station Sharknado? channel to watch when you're on vacation. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so, but as far as the episode goes, I did pick. Uh, Three Men in a Comic Book, Season 2. Yes. Play off of Three Men and a Baby, starring Ted Danson, who was in Cheers with Kelsey Grammer. It all all comes back. (laughs) What? It all comes back. Look at that, full circle. It's the circle of life. It's a circle of Cheers. So, Carl, one of the other reasons why, when we were talking about episodes where I thought this one might be a good one to have you involved, is you've also done some work working in a comic book shop. I have, yes. I worked uh, part-time at a local comic book shop um, for a couple of years. I won't mention the name of the shop because I quit the job because the owner's a terrible human being. <laughs> Just um, But, I mean, I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not going to mention his name. Right. Yeah, that's that's for the best. So that is something you don't want to do <laughs> as far as yeah, mentioning no, I mean, names. It was, it was, you know, before... It was... As awesome as awesome, yeah. <laughs> as awesome as you think working in a comic book store would be until it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. So, and you guys came in all the time. We had a lot of great fun. And yep. So the the comic book store is is can be considered very hallowed ground for many. And it's also interesting because it's a it's a um a place that's undergoing a transformation one of which i was initially against but have come around on and um i i've also done a podcast in the past with my friend drew called the devil's do and that was you know daredevil slash geek culture slash comic book centered and excuse me one episode we did was discussing the evolution of the comic book shop from the kind of the type of shop that i worked at which is more traditional line comic book shop um long boxes and stuff not so not so much that just kind of uh, 
for lack of a better term, gatekeeper environment. Like, if you walk into a place like that, and the locals get wind that you're not one of them, you're not going to be welcomed. And it's very... It's it's not kind of what you would hope a place like that would be. And there are some shops that are still like that. They're fine, and they're very welcoming, and, and that's fine. But there's a lot of shops, like the old school shops, that kind of have that gatekeeper mentality. And for the longest time, because that's all I knew, I wasn't, like, really open to a different kind of comic book shop. Like, right now, I get my comics from Pulp 716, and I'll shout them out all the time. And they are very much in the definition of the new evolution of comic shops that is happening right now, especially in this area. Um, Yeah, for those that don't know, it's a comic book shop and a coffee shop. Yeah, it's a comic book shop, it's a coffee shop, it's... It's gaming... You got a little bit of gaming there, and it's a very welcoming, warm environment, and it's the first time I went there was their Lockport location, and I went there, you know, I I grabbed a a couple random books, because I'm always a big advocate of, you know, if you go into a comic book shop for a first time, you know, to to steal a line from Kevin Smith, you know, toss a couple shekels, um... And I left, I was like, it's nice. It's not a comic book shop, but it's nice. And then, you know, my, my thinking has evolved and, and changed. And they are they're very much um, a prime example of the new breed of comic book shop, which is very open and welcoming to all. Like, you don't have to know what happened to Spider-Man in issue of issue Amazing Spider-Man, you know, 564 mm-hmm. on page two, panel three. Right. You know, it's and that's that's kind of where I feel the hobby needs to go, because the the hobby in it's in in and of itself is very much at a crossroads now. You know, we we're living in this golden age of geek where you know obviously Marvel movies are a huge thing, and you know pop culture is has really embraced you know geek lore and the the comic book genre. But at the same time, comic books themselves, readership is declining every year. And, you know, something we discussed on on our on my other podcast that I think one of the main problems is that it's not generating new audience anymore. Because mm-hmm. when I got into comic books, it wasn't at a comic book shop. I got comic books off of Spinner Rack at 7-Eleven. Right. And I'm probably dating myself now. I'm, you know, 42. But, like, it was... I was reading comic books for a while before I discovered a comic book shop, and now, because, like, you know, you have to actively search for a comic book shop if you don't know where one is, and there's just not common places where kids are where comics are available, so. Well, I know Kayla loves it there. Yeah, they sell really good bubble tea. You guys should go over and there. Kaylin, the one, the seven one six in Lockport is right near a crepe shop. What called Bonjour Crepes? Can yeah. We, uh, what <laughs> are you going to say? Can we go there? Yeah. Not today, but yes. All right, so let's move into our episode here. Um, so, as Carl mentioned, yep, it's Three Men in a Comic Book. Uh, it originally aired May 9th, 1991. Uh, this was from Season 2, so we're going back. Brendan, sigh of release. It's not Season 1. 
Um, and this was episode 21, production code 7F21, was directed by Wes Martin and written by uh, Jeff Martin. And um, Are they related? I think I might have that wrong. Maybe Jeff Martin of the Tea Party? I feel like it wasn't Wes Martin, it Wes someone else. Party? I think I wrote that down wrong. Way to go. I know. We'll check Way it out, though. Way to uh, disappoint all of our yeah, fans. Yeah, great job, right? No one's listening now. They're all gone. All right. But anyways, uh, there was two guest appearances on this show. Uh, the first one was Cloris Leachman. Um, she played Mrs. Glick, who we'll be talking about in a little bit. Boys <laughs> love candy. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Stern, who does a great rendition and parody of The Wonder Years as he's pretending to be the adult Bart in Bart's head. Um, okay. It was directed by Wes M. Archer Wes and Archer. written by Jeff Martin. I knew I had the written by right, but yes, directed by Wes Archer. I'm sorry, Carl. I still don't know if it's Jeff Martin at the Tea Party or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> the band, the Tea Party, not the political yes. group. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, just a, f- a few little things about this episode before we kind of jump in here. Um so there was some first appearances in this episode. Uh, we get the first appearance of Comic Book Guy um, in this particular episode. We also see the first time of Radioactive Man. Um, I believe he may have been shown on a comic book at one point in season one or something like that. But this is really the first time we actually learn about Radioactive Man. Of course, Fallout Boy. Um, Mrs. Glick. And this is the first time we see Bartman. Um, Fallout Boy, do you mean the band? No. (laughs) We definitely do not mean the band. Was Radioactive Man the the comic in uh, Bart the Genius that was hidden in the Mm -hmm. book? Yes, it is. So I think that's the official first appearance. So, throw a little comic book parlance in This would be considered the first full appearance of Radioactive Man. For example... The uh, first appearance of Venom was actually in Amazing Spider-Man 299, where he appeared on the last oh pa- panel, last page. Oh That's right, we're going there, Brendan. <laughs> I'm flexing that comic book nerdery. Kalen appreciates this information. Remember that gatekeeper he was talking about? <laughs> but the the first full appearance of Venom would be considered Amazing Spider-Man 300. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Nice like tie in there. Kalen. <laughs> Write that down. Um, So just a little bit about Comic Book Guy real quick. Um, So a lot of the creators said he really isn't based on anyone in particular. Um, He's a caricature. Yes, he's a caricature of people that own comic stores and everything. Um, A lot of times people thought that that was supposed to be Matt Groening. Um, which he laughed about and said, no, you know, that that was not me and whatnot. But a lot of people thought that Comic Book Guy was partly based on a clerk at a Los Angeles comic book shop called Amuck. And uh, many told uh, Matt Groening that they, oh, you know, they, they know it's this guy and everything. and But they basically said, no, 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 it's just kind of an amalgamation of, you know, people that own the comic book stores and whatnot. It's, it's a very accurate caricature. I've met many, many comic book guys in my time not just you know people who sell comics but comic fans as well it's it's unfortunately now more of a caricature of what you would call toxic fan right which is just a serious problem today for sure the fanboy yeah i mean god bless them they try but sometimes they try a little too hard exactly um, so the voice of Comic Book Guy. Now I know, Corey, you mentioned while we were watching it, the voice sounded a little strange. 
It sounded like um, the Mike Tyson character they do. Mm-hmm. Frederick Tatum, yeah. yep. So, and obviously this was Hank Azaria <laughs> and doing the voice for the first time. So, I was trying to work <laughs> it out. I like Homer Simpson very much, uh, <laughs> but I am going to make orphans of his children. <laughs> there we Champ, go. Champ, you do aware he's got a wife and kids. Yes, I would expect them to die of shock. <laughs> uh, but uh, the voice that Hank Azaria went with was based on a student that lived next door to him in college. Um, so I guess he kind of had that same cadence and everything, so he kind of took that. Um, now, the the name of the comic book store, the Androids Dungeon and Baseball Card Shop, um, <laughs> apparently that, they spent many hours trying to discuss what it should be, and they worked very late in the night, and so they just kind of decided on that and just basically threw it out there and just like, we're never going to see this again. It's not going to be a big deal. So they just kind of threw it out there, and of course it stuck. Um, But of course back then, too, comic books weren't what they are today. Right. So So as... Baseball cards were worth considerably more. Right. And plus it still had that stigma, you know, of, you know, that nerd stigma. A shop like that would make its money on baseball cards more than comics, and now that dynamic is completely flipped. Mm -hmm. And um, the last thing I'll mention right here uh, before we start getting into it is um, the whole story of Mrs. Glick in the episode when Bart goes to her house and does all the work and everything like that and, you know, really busts his butt to really get a lot of work done and everything and ends up getting 50 cents. Um, That is based on a true story. (laughs) So the writer, Jeff Martin, um, essentially this happened to him where he worked for this old lady was literally pulling weeds and his hands were bleeding and everything and at the end of all of it of him working there all day she handed him two quarters <laughs> and he was very upset needless to say he still hasn't told me if it's jeff martin of the rock band tea party. is it jeff martin of the rock band tea party? it is not i'm assuming it is not but i do not know that for He's just assuming he doesn't know. how do you know would you like to see a picture of him yeah, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the head of a rock band. <laughs> so, all right. So let's get into this here. Um, when we start the episode, of course, we have our chalkboard gag, um, which has Bart writing on the chalkboard in very nice that's script. Calligraphy. Calligraphy, yep. And uh, it says, I will not show off. And uh, which is kind of funny. And for the couch gag, simple. But I thought I thought effective. Uh, the family runs in. They sit on the couch, and the couch tips over. So, and then Maggie kind of jumps up on it. it. It it reeks of we need an idea quick. Yeah. What do we got? Right. First idea gets it. So we start off with the episode after you know um, the credits went out. Of course, uh, we see that Bart and Lisa are going to a comic book convention, and uh, Marge is driving them. Now, one thing that I found very funny right off the bat was Bart's realization between Casper and Richie Rich. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is great. So he looks at the comic, sees the two characters, and um, assumes that Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. I like that he calls him Casper the Wimpy Ghost, too. (laughs) And now, Carl, let me ask you this, because obviously being uh, within comics and whatnot... Was that something that anyone came up with before? Because I've heard that, but I can't remember if I heard it first here on The Simpsons or if that was someone else that came up with that. 
You know, I love how I toot my, my horn as a comic aficionado, and the first question you throw at me comic-wise is something I absolutely know nothing about. Okay. So, um, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. Um, my area of expertise, again, for lack of a better term, is superhero right. comics. So I know that uh, cartoon-based comics are a thing, um, but... As far like this would this would have been the first place that I heard this. So you mean back in 1992, you didn't hear the rumblings of Casper being Richie Rich? Uh, on my on my you know 56k modem, no. I feel like it could be an urban legend that started because of this. I mean, it's quite possible. Like those those style of comics have just as much detractors as they do fans so it's well and i know you know we talked about during the simpsons holiday special the jingle bells batman smells a lot uh-huh. of people said that the simpsons started that but of course it was around oh, before God, the no. simpsons yeah. started yeah. it but a lot of people i was um, doing that no said that you know that that was happening but all right so yeah i thought that was really funny and then um lisa makes the comment um that maybe Richie Rich was so consumed with how hollow wealth is that he decided to end it all. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, that's pretty dark. Like, he's a child. <laughs> I I wonder, and Kalen, be, be a dear, do some research on the interwebs on this for me. Who has more wealth, Richie Rich or Scrooge McDuck? That's a good oh. question. So yeah, My money would be up. on Scrooge. No pun intended. Because he swims in it. <laughs> but it's all coin. Richie Rich had robots. See, and the other thing with Richie Rich, too, I feel like he spent his money where Scrooge was hoarding money. Okay, Richie Rich has... His uh, his wealth was worth an estimated $163.4 billion. (laughs) Billion with a B. With a B. Uh Uh-huh. And she's looking up Scrooge. And Scrooge McDuck. What's Scrooge's net worth? His is, um... $5.2 $5.2 billion per pile. Per pile? Yes. So Scrooge McDuck. wins. No, but like I said, Richie Rich is flaunting what is, what it. What kind of measurements are we using for a pile? That's true. That's my question. That's true. Okay. Uh, according to this, uh, The Simpsons episode was the reason why it was suggested. Okay. But... I don't know if this is a reputable source. Gotcha. So, I mean, it is the TMZ. internet. It's on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> Obviously. So don't take my word for it. All right. This is the only thing. Okay, thank think. you. All right, so back to our episode. They're in the car. They get to the comic book convention. And um, did anybody notice the sign at the comic book convention? How it said, I think it was the 12th annual, but you could yeah. tell they just yeah. kept putting one number on top of another <laughs> on top yep. of another. Like they weren't making a new sign. It was like post. Exactly. Um, so they go running in. And um, I heard in the commentary, um, the the folks that were involved in the episode were saying that, you know, obviously this was a time where comics and things like that was just, you know, kind of a stigma. And it wasn't just the, what it is now, of course, and everything like that. And that's why when they kind of walk in, there's not really a ton of people there at the convention. And they were also worried about using actual licensed properties so that's why all the people that you see there like no one's dressed like captain america or even though there's someone that looks similar but they didn't really feel right doing that mr usa there's corporal usa (laughs) USA. 
But then eventually, as the show went along, they just stopped caring, and they would throw the Joker Common, in there. Commandant <laughs> Americo Vespucci. <laughs> That's canon, folks. That's canon. So, um, but then Bart notices on the sign that you can get a discount if you come dressed as a character. So he jumps into a phone booth. Now, Kaylin and Brendan, do you know what a phone booth is? Yes, I know yes. what a phone booth is. Listen to how offended she is. Ugh. Listen, it's a valid question. I mean, you Who don't see them. Do anymore. you think I am? But anyways, Bart. The first click you, you hear am, is me sir? hanging up. The second one is me pulling the trigger. <laughs> So, yeah, so Bart jumps into the phone booth and comes out and reveals himself as Bartman. And uh, so they get up to buy the tickets, and when they get up to buy the tickets, Bart has a confrontation with the ticket man. Carl, I'm sure you recognize the reference as he pulls him close. Well, yeah. This was 1992, so we're just a couple years removed from the 1989 Batman hysteria. Yep. So, of course, he pulls him in and says, I'm Bartman. And basically, they use the same shot that was used in the movie. He kind of has a similar cadence to his voice, just like Michael Keaton did in the 89 Batman when he revealed that he was Batman. I had a Bartman t-shirt. Did you? I did. Do you remember the song? Uh, do the Bartman. Do the Bartman. Everybody back and forth and side to side. <laughs> if you can, if can. You can, can. <laughs> Bartman was an interesting thing with Simpsons because, like he would, like you guys mentioned, he was very prominent in a lot of the marketing of it. Mm-hmm. But this is really the only thing I remember him appearing yeah. in right. from that era. I'm not sure if he's been used a lot, you know, in the recent years. But like, I don't think so. he's just you know, he's he's that one-off thing that, as I'm saying this, as I'm looking at the Funko Pop of Bartman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He, he's like one of those one-off things in pop cultures that just catches on and people just glom onto things that are like not really used a lot or appear a lot. Like you know, um, the Hulk, Iron Man's Hulkbuster armor comes to mind. Like everybody always wants to see the Hulkbuster armor and eventually showed up in Avengers Two. But like it's one of those like one-off things that rarely appears, if anything, that just kind of hits a chord and people like to see. So I didn't know if it was... Because, yeah, there was, like, posters, there uh-huh. was t-shirts, there was... Well, it was like, obviously the craze for that great music video and song. Like, that's it's what true, it's all because, about. Because, like, the Bartman, the bar <laughs> as opposed to the... In the song, was a dance. Yes, yeah. it was. Whereas this is, like, a costume... But he was dressed up, though, if I remember correctly. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen the video, but I believe he was dressed up as Bartman. Mm, okay. But I don't know. I, I can't confirm that, that. I'd have to look that it up. Tracks. So... It might be more, but uh, what I see is I only see him uh, coming up in the show twice in Three Men in a Comic Book and Revenge is a Dish Best Served three times. Okay. I don't see him coming up ever. Yeah, I don't think all. it was very frequently, so. Um, but yeah. So, Brendan's on the ball. Yeah, actually. he is. He's, he's doing well. Like, he's, he's doing good. I guess he needed that break, so the break did him well. <laughs> So, um, so obviously they go through and, you know, they're in the convention and everything. And then, um, Mayor Quimby gets up and does a little (laughs) speech (laughs) and he says, yep, that he's very happy that they brought well over $300 into the local economy. (laughs) And he makes reference to radiation, man. 
<laughs> which then causes Jimbo Jones in the back to yell out, Radioactive man, stupid. <laughs> Nobody makes fun of Diamond Joe Quimby. Nobody. <laughs> so, yes, he gets very... Answer chief in me. <laughs> he gets very upset and actually tells his uh, handler to find out who that boy is because he's going to ruin him. <laughs> it's it's funny to think about, like, yeah, the, the statement of, you know, bringing $300 in the local economy is comical because we know what comic book conventions are today. Right. Back then... That was I'd, that's pro- probably yeah. a f- like outside statement. outside of your San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. um, local Comic Cons are just like yeah, that's probably what they're bringing in. Right. I mean, you know, it wasn't until the past fifteen years or so that comic book conventions have kind of become what they are. They've gone through that that same evolutionary process of that comic shops have gone through to whereas at this time a comic book convention was you go up and you're just kind of rifling through long boxes to try and find you know those key issues that you're looking for or you get like a special bag and board like premium issue as obviously as we'll see later in this episode um or you you'll meet like maybe an occasional artist or writer it's more or less like a swap meet right, at a convention. Right. Nowadays, they're just, you know... Huge events. They're, they're a Comic-Con mostly in name. Um, they're more pop culture conventions now, which, I mean, is still... That's kind of the next evolution that they took. And you could still find those like smaller conventions that just deal with comic books. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird to remember that, like, you know... You would not say if, if someone from school was asking you what you were doing for the weekend. You would not say I'm going to a comic book. I mean, I would because I didn't care. Right. Um, or unless it's that friend that's going with you. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> and and you whisper about it in the hushed tones. Yeah. During I feel like uh, the comic book convention, the big one in Toronto, has yeah, I mean, always there's... kind of been, but. Toronto is a much bigger city than this. Well, yeah, up until, you know, 15, 15 years or so ago, it was San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and then everything else. But, like, even in the 90s, some people would dress up and go to oh, yeah. Toronto. Oh, yeah, you would like still, that. they had... But that was Toronto. That wasn't right. Buffalo, New York. I mean, now, yeah. like, if, you're, if you want to talk about, like, world-class Comic-Cons from where we are, um, you've got uh, New York City Comic Con, mm-hmm. so that's like a yeah. seven-hour drive for us. You've got Niagara Falls Comic Con, you've got Toronto Comic yep. Con, um, Nickel City Con here has been growing. Um, so yeah, like you don't, you can experience a San Diego Comic Con-like event uh, with minimal effort now. For a little Comic-Con like uh, Springfield was having, I would think the NT Little Con <laughs> is very much like that. that. I didn't know if I should bring that up, though. I don't know, though. We've never gone, so... I mean... We went once, we, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did go. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I am I was Yoshi. Brendan was... Uh, the Public Link. Library. Well, no. Oh, okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, the Public yeah. Library. And then they also have one at the VFW post okay, on Hay. Okay, yeah. Those are yeah. those are traditional local yeah. Comic Cons. 
Swear, every episode we get closer to telling them our address. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start honing in. All right, so back to our episode here. Um, So obviously, kind of going along with what Carl just said about how, you know, back then, obviously, the Comic-Cons weren't as big of a thing. Uh, Mayor Quimby, make sure to remind everybody to make sure you're out by six to make room for the Shriners, (laughs) because they're coming in. (laughs) The Shriners. And we see them as Bart and Lisa leave, and they come. And their little cars. And their little cars up to that. (laughs) But before we get to that, a little bit happens at the Comic-Con. It's called a Fez. Yes. (laughs) Doctor Who wore one. So first we see, um, what was his name? Jack. Jolly Jack. Jolly Jack. What was it? I forget what the... Played Fallout Boy. No, no, no. The guy, the, the writer. He was sitting down and oh, he was doing things. Yeah. yeah, the artist. Um, yeah, it was Jolly Jack. I can't remember the last name. But um, apparently he was, um, that was kind of a parody of Jack Kirby. Yeah. Was it Jolly Jack Henry? Maybe. Um, sorry, Tim, we don't have the exact name. Our apologies. Hold on. <laughs> but, I got um, you. But, and Jack Kirby was called Jolly Jack, right? He was called, well, his nickname was The King. Okay. Yeah, Jack Kirby is... Um, on the Mount Rushmore right, right. of comic books, he very much. Um, now, I mean, people like say that Stanley created, you know, the core of the Marvel universe, and that is partially true. Mm-hmm. He helped to create a lot of that and gets the credit that he is due for. But for a long time, he took a lot of credit that he was not due for some of the stuff. And Jack Kirby is just as important and influential in the creation of a lot of things as considered the Marvel Universe today. Not only that, but a lot of things, um, after it was done with Marvel, he went over to DC. Mm-hmm. Created things like New Gods, created Darkseid, you know, the Demon Etrigan, Commandi, the last boy on Earth, you know, just... And his art style is so beautiful and so very distinct. It's one of the few art styles... Um, from the era that would still be viable in a modern day mm-hmm. comic book. Sure. Um, like once you kind of develop an eye for artist style, like his style is unmistakable. Yep. And uh, in Simpson, it was Jolly Jack Tate was the guy's name. I just looked it up. So, all right. So, um, yeah. So there's a big line um, for Jolly Jack, and Bart runs into Auto Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Otto Man is saying that he has his own comic book, which is called the Bus, Bus Man. Man. <laughs> um, and he shows him the cover of it, which, you know, of course shows Otto Man completely ripped out with muscles and everything and all these zombie vampires around him and the giant bus and explosions and everything. And, of course, Bart loves it. Um, but, yeah, basically Jolly Jack is looking at people's artwork and the the one person you see, he looks at it and he's just like, mm-mm. And, you know, just basically says, no, no good. So, um, but then what ends up happening is Bart and Milhouse, and I believe Lisa was there too, they go running off to meet Buddy Hodges, um, who was the man who played Fallout Boy in the <laughs> 1960s television series. Uh, so they go running into this panel to listen to him, and we see um, Fallout Boy and. Radioactive Man interacting with each other, and Radioactive Man is smoking a Laramie cigarette. 
Simpler time. <laughs> yes. Cool flavor. So, and I ended up doing a little bit of research about this because I found out that the Flintstones did this. Oh, yeah. Back in yeah. the 60s. Yeah. You didn't know this? I did not know this, no. And, yeah, they were shilling Winston cigarettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was looking at some of the commercials, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. this is insane. Yeah. So, um, obviously, this is a, a little nod to that um, with this happening in there. And Although, Radioactive Man did tell Fallout Boy he can't smoke until he's 16. Until he's 16. I mean, he's being a good adult. <laughs> Um, so yes, he comes in, he's kind of this flamboyant character, and it's very clear that he just really has no interest in really even being there. Um, he's playing Rum Tum Tugger and Cats. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's got bigger things. Bigger fish to Anybody fry. Anybody see that? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but yeah, Milhouse X asks him a very specific question, um, kind of in line to what Carl was saying already about some people you know, with comic book knowledge and everything, and he just basically just dismisses him and says, like, he has no idea and doesn't want to Radioactive Man number 36? <laughs> I'm sure I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and they were talking about Dirk Richter. Yes, Bart which, brings him up. Dirk, Dirk Richter. Which is... <laughs> what a good alias. Yes, that's another one, right? <laughs> what a good You're alias. You're either going to use Shelbyville Manhattan or Dirk Richter. Yes. But, um, yeah, so they kind of bring that up as a little bit of nod to, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name right now. George Reese. Yeah, the first Superman, right? Yeah. And um, the guy that played Hogan, Hogan's Heroes. That's escaping. Yeah. Um, crap. Yeah, so this is kind of like an amalgamation of both of them. Um, and. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because then Bart brings it up and he's like, do you feel that the ghost of uh, Dirk Richter is... <laughs> Still haunts the bordello yes. which his bullet riddled body was found. Yes. The best thing about that is just like the lip quiver yes. that the guy does. Yes. It's just like a little shaky lip quiver. Of, you know, what, what, once you guys, Dirk Richter was a phenomenal human being. Once you guys leave him alone. Yes, and he kind of, and then that's pretty much the end of it. Um, so then um, after that, Bart kind of walks the floor a little bit. And this is where we first meet um, the comic book guy. And he, Bart is, Bart and Milhouse are both, um, and I think Nelson's there too, are all very interested looking at um, the Radioactive Man covers. So the one is the he, back issues. yeah, the back issues. He marries, um, uh, what was her name? Worm Girl. Yeah, Worm Girl or Larva something. Larva Girl. Larva Girl. And, Bob Crane. Um, Bob, Bob Crane. Yes, yeah. that is the person I was thinking that played Hogan. Heroes. Yep. <laughs> but um, so yeah, they're they're fawning over these back issues, and then comic book guy comes up, and he was eating something at the time, wasn't he? I believe it was Cheetos. Yes. <laughs> and he basically stereotypical stigmas of the mouth breathing fan. Boy. Yes. Was he also drinking Mountain Dew? They didn't show it, but I'm sure he was. (laughs) So, yes, he says, oh, you think, you know, that's impressive. Take a look at this. And he's like, but I only show it to you if you put your hands behind your back. And he pulls out a briefcase, opens it up, and reveals Radioactive Man number one. And Bart makes the comment of, that must be worth a million dollars. And comic book guy says, yes, but I will give it to you for a (laughs) hundred. And so Bart doesn't have a hundred dollars and this and that, so he's very upset. But closes up the case. You know, we move on. And so we go back into the car, 
and this is where um, Lisa is mentioning all the comics she got. So for a dollar, she got 35 Caspers and a dozen Lois Lanes. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood what Superman saw. <laughs> and Homer starts talking about Wonder Woman, and he goes on this long diatribe about how wonderful she is and how gorgeous and this and that, and then Marge is like, okay, calm down. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm sorry. So he takes the family to the Krusty Burger. And while they're at the Krusty Burger, um, Bart is trying to butter him up and is like, oh, wow, you're taking us to such a fine establishment as the Krusty Burger. And they go in there. Go ahead. In the car, didn't Bart ask him for the money? And uh, Homer's like, who who did this? Michael Melangelo? Yes, yes. No, that was in Krusty Burger. No, no, that, that was, was in, in the it car. was in the car because they're in the car, Mr. and he's like, "What do you want a hundred dollars for?" And he said, "For this comic book." And he goes, "Who drew it? Michael Melangelo?" <laughs> Another. <laughs> and then when this. they're in the in the Krusty Burger, that's when they have the back and forth, where Bart says, "Can I have the money?" No, please, no, no, and it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and um, so finally they they end up stopping um, after a lot of back and forth and everything. And one thing that I thought was funny that I pointed out while we were watching it was, so they're sitting at the table, and behind them is a sign for Krusty Burger with a worker who is very, like, prim and proper, big smile on his face, looks really happy, you know, clothes are beautiful and this and that. And then you see a shot, and you see behind, I think it was Homer, and there's a worker just standing there, just scowling with a cigarette out of his mouth and just, like, staring at them, not doing anything. And it's just, like, reality versus perception, you know? I thought it was kind of funny. Oh, I thought you were pointing out how gray that worker looked in the picture. How gray he looked? Yeah, he kind of looked gray. Oh, like, okay, he was I gotcha. sick. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're saying that Krusty Burger makes you sick. Krusty will not confirm that. <laughs> Oh, well, that makes more sense why you were pointing them out. that's why. Because Um, I never got a reason, I just got, hey, look. I was like, I don't want to stop the episode. I'm like, look Look at that that guy. (laughs) Funny, right? I'm like, is it because he's gray? Turn Ferguson. Figure it out for yourself. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to answer. So then, um, after the argument between Bart and Homer, Bart, or Homer actually says to Bart, he's like, I'm not going to give you the $100, but I do appreciate your efforts. <laughs> um, so then Marge starts talking to Bart and tries to convince him to maybe get like a part-time job. And she mentions working for her sisters, Patty and Selma. And so then we see a little flashback of little Marge um, in a dress that looks like Lisa's. Obviously, different color, though. And did anyone notice... Um, Patty and Selma's voices. They have normal voices. Mm-hmm. At first. Normal little girl yeah. voices yep. at first. Yep, they have normal little but girl voices at I first. I want to say, how come they have the normal voices, but Marge still sounds like this? I don't know. Because like, Marge did they force smoke. her? But then, the girls take up smoking. And then they sounded like Marge. And then their voices started. So. That's a good point. Yeah. Because yeah. you would think maybe Marge has that voice from secondhand smoke or something. But yeah, but no. But she always had it all along. So, interesting thought. It's almost as if cigarettes are bad for If only someone knew that. Radioactive, man. Why do you? So, yeah, so I thought that was funny, their voices and whatnot. So, 
she says that she was working for them. They were she was doing all these things. They were paying her money, and then once the um, dream sequence ends, Bart says, "Oh, mom, I couldn't ask you to get a part time job. You know, you're so busy with all of us and everything." And she's like, "No, she meant you." And then what? Probably one of my favorite parts. Bart is sitting there, and he just starts staring off, and then we get a nod to the Wonder Years. <laughs> And you, <laughs> yep, and you hear the little uh, the thoughts in his head, which actually was Daniel Stern, which was the voice on the Wonder Years. Um, apparently, Daniel, are you familiar with the Wonder Years? You should okay, watch so it. It's a good the show. Wonder Years is a television show about growing up in the fifties. Oh, that sounds cool. Sixties. Oh, it was sixties, wasn't it? Early sixties. Fifties, sixties. Because it was Vietnam. Um, starring Fred Savage, Danica McKellar. Just you know, know who Fred Savage is, right? Yeah. The kid from The Princess Bride. Yes. Yeah. The sick The kid. sick one. Sicky. Sicky McSicker. But, and Kayla, and that's what would happen. It was essentially the adult telling these stories of his life as a kid. So he would do the narration. Why are you staring stuff. at me? She, and she looks at me with a big smile. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't care. Well, no, I figured that out already. All right. So um, I found out that actually one of the reasons they got Daniel Stern was because around this time he filmed City Slickers with Yeardley Smith. Oh, what so a good movie! They that were is. both they were both working on it at that time, and also his brother was working on The Simpsons at that. time. Who's his brother? Um, Not Daniel. Stern. Yes. Great. I actually don't know if I know the name. Why would you bring up this information? Just if you wanted didn't to say his it. brother. Brendan. Brendan's gonna get it. He's on yeah. It. He'll get it. Wonder. He'll get it for us. But um, apparently when he came in to record the narration, he was literally there for two minutes. And then they were like, How okay. How did he get paid for that? They didn't say that. But they were just like, okay, we're good. And he's like, do you guys want me to do something else? And they're like, nope, <laughs> we're fine. And then he just left. <laughs> so he's like, I'd be happy to do some more. And they're like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> well, at that point, they're probably, they're not the Simpsons yet, right. as we understand them. So they're probably on a pretty tight production schedule. Exactly. So... You are wrong. You said it's not Daniel Stern. Oh, never mind. I'm reading this wrong. I thought that they were both named Daniel. It's <laughs> David. What <laughs> the heck? I just... The, the dead NBA commissioner? No, David M. Stern. I had that name in my head, and I was like, it can't be David Stern, because wasn't didn't he work for the NBA? So, all right, David Stern worked on The Simpsons. Yeah. All right, so then as Bart is doing this, Homer sees him doing it and basically yells at Bart to stop it. And then it kind of breaks his concentration, and then he starts it up again. He's like, Bart! So then we fast forward ahead, and we see Bart is trying to do some odd jobs to make some money. So he first tries to get some money by trading in um, soda bottles, pop bottles, and getting money for that. That doesn't really help. Then he has a frame of some foreign coins. He smashes that frame, cashes the coins in, and gets... Americanize this, my good man. <laughs> three cents. It's three cents. Let the good times roll. <laughs> the, with the Charles Bronson voice. Yes. One of my all-time favorite Simpsons voices, yes. the Charles Bronson. And they use it so many times. Ladies, put my kids through college. <laughs> yeah, and they use it for so many times for so many just random people that never really come back for anything. Um, so yeah, so he gets three cents uh, from this weirdo. I feel like he just took that off the wall, like somewhere it was hanging, and then just broke it. I think it was in his room. No, it? It was yeah, it was in his room. room. Yeah, they don't really show where he got it from. Just like didn't sm- 
did say smashy, did smashy. say from said Aunt Patty to Bart from Aunt Patty Patty Aunt Selma, Aunt Selma and Mom or something. Yeah, yeah. So he had it. He just didn't care about it. Smashy, smashy. Three cents. Here you go. Yep. So and then his his last idea is to do a lemonade stand. <laughs> where he's sitting on the sidewalk and it's not going so well. So Lisa tries to intervene and help him out. You gotta look more pathetic. So yeah, she twists some of the letters to make him look backwards, and puts she, his hat on backwards, yeah. and and then as he's looking very pathetic, that's when Nelson drives by on his ha-ha. bike and does the classic ha-ha towards him. Um, so then this isn't working out, so Bart wants to think of something else. So what he decides to do is sell beer for a nickel. <laughs> nickel beer night! <laughs> so he's selling this beer, and of course it's going very well. Um, I love when Barney walks up to him, and he basically tells him he doesn't have any money right now, and Bart's like, get it, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> can, I have some, can I have one on credit? <laughs> Brendan, when you get a chance, not now, but... Because I know you like to do the googling, Google uh, nickel beer night in baseball. You'll you'll see some fun, some fun results. I believe it was a Cleveland Indians game that did a nickel beer night. Jeez! Oh and no! In like the seventies, it was either in the late seventies or early eighties. Oh boy! Yeah, it was. Uh, All right. So yeah, find that out for us and reveal that. Not now. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll post some pictures on the Twitter when this episode gets released. Who are you kidding? You won't. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but your intention is there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then the cops show up and they try to intervene. You boys look thirsty. Yep. So <laughs> Bart pours himself and they're like, ah, you know what? We'll let this one slide. And did you notice when they walked away what they did? Threw their cups they on the ground? The cup. oh, they littered. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just threw the cups. Yeah. They didn't care. Well, there it's was the litter 90s. all over. We didn't know pollution was bad yet. <laughs> Captain Planet hadn't arrived to tell us. Simpler time. It was still illegal, though. So, But, yeah, so they intervene, and, um, you know, Bart smooths them over by giving them some free beer. And then Homer comes home and sees all the beer gone. My beer! He's not too happy about it, of course. Um, so then we see that um, Marge is at the hair salon. And she's talking to the ladies about poor Bart and trying to make some money. And she's sitting next to poor Mrs. Glick, who's played by the wonderful Cloris Leachman. And um, as she mentions it to her, she says, oh, you know, send him over to my house. I got some stuff that he can do. And um, so he does, goes over, sits down, starts having some conversation with her. She tries to offer him some things. I think one of the things was sauerkraut candy. No, ribbon candy. That's later. Oh. At first, it's the sauerkraut candy. Don't remember and, that. We um, just watched this. <laughs> Boys love candy. <laughs> and then, for whatever reason, she starts talking about her brother, Asa, um, well, with the photo. Yes. Well, because Bart mentioned this. this is yes. Brooklyn Bob and Reggie. Yeah, even Reggie. He held on to a grenade for too long. <laughs> He's not so stuck up when you get to know it, and then it blows up. <laughs> so yes, he holds on to a grenade too long, and it blows up in his hand because he's trying to send the grenade to the Kaiser and mentioning all these people that we just mentioned. <laughs> um, um, so one of the things he has to do is go out and pull the weeds. And she says, uh, "Do you, we see the backyard is just covered, just looks terrible. And she says, do you know which ones are weeds? And he says, all of them? She says, good boy. <laughs> Old ladies love their stories 
because she went in to watch her story. And they also love candy, which means when I am an old lady, I'm going to be Mrs. Glick. Filthy. But genuinely aroused. <laughs> <laughs> As she's watching her stories. Um, so yeah, so Bart pulls up all the weeds. You know, he's hurting as he's doing it. And he comes in and you can see his hands are all bloody and gross and everything. And Mrs. Glick says, I gotta get the iodine. And puts the iodine on Bart. Of course, he doesn't know what's coming. And that stings. Um, so she's should cleaning Should I get the ribbon candy for the candy dish? No. But boys love candy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so then Bart goes home, and uh, I think it was Homer that asked him if he made any money, or was it Marge? It was Marge. Marge, okay. Did you make any money yet? And he goes, no, but I'm in a lot of pain, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so then we see he does a few more things. He cleans out the gutter. With um, all the sludge. Yep, with all the sludge, and makes a little... Uh, comment under his breath about what he'd like to do to mrs glick um walks by the comic book shop again sees the comic in the window is trying to give himself motivation for why he's continuing to do this which i would like to interject granted we don't know the span of time that this takes place over but and i know we're talking about a a comedy cartoon show but i'm sorry sir couple things here one that issue is not still going to be available. Someone's going to snatch mm-hmm. that up right away. To Yeah, because it was right in the front window, too. Yeah. Two, no comic book shop owner worth their salt would put that issue in the front window of the comic book. couple reasons. One, it's a very valuable issue. Someone's going to bust that window, just take it and run. Two, comic books don't like sunlight. I thought about that, you too. You leave yeah. a comic book in the sun for too long, you're going to fade the color. It's going to take it out of whatever condition it's in. Right. So, this nerdly introduction is brought to you by the Chocolate Cupcake. I'm currently... <laughs> <laughs> Continue. But they had to work that into the story. How else would they have done that? So, um, And we do actually know the time frame because he was working for Mrs. Glick for a week. It would be really funny if he was just holding it up to Bart like... <laughs> In the just window. Like, <laughs> shaking his finger. He's doing Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Oh, my God. Um, so then, yeah, we see Bart's back, and he is complaining because he's about to get more iodine. Great animation of the shadows on the wall, um, which um, I found out was actually a parody to Gone with the Wind. Well, he got more iodine because he was attacked by... Mrs. Glick's cat, yes. which is further proof. Yes. That suck. I'm going to be Mrs. Glick. And also, she named her dress Beulah. It was her wedding dress, and she dyed it black, and then it was her morning dress. <laughs> which, that's a pretty good idea, yes, Mrs. Glick. No, no. We still have yours. <laughs> no. We can do I it. Do. No. I'm no. going to name it Beulah. No. But yeah, so, and then, like I said, so the, the shadow there, um, I know the kids probably haven't seen Gone with the Wind, I'm assuming, right? Well, I've I know seen what it is. This, like the last hour okay. of it. But yeah, Super apparently long. there's yeah, there's a part in that movie where a guy gets his leg amputated yeah. and they, I think that it was, was the, Ashley. Yeah, I think I that I was think the parody I, of that. I think I did so. see that part. Okay. Um so yeah, so now it's 
basically time for Bart to get paid. He's very excited. The week is over. And Mrs. Glick is very excited to give him the money, and she gives him two shiny quarters. Yeah. And Bart, and she says, oh, you didn't say thank you. And Bart has this whole... Oh, spending on moon pies and penny whistles. Penny whistles and moon pies. But as Bart is about to leave, he's very upset with her. And he ends up saying towards the end, the last thing I'm going to ever say to you is thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) And he's very upset and leaves. Um, So, yeah. So now he um, ends up going back to the comic book store. And while he's there, we see that Martin is trying to offer... Uh, comic book guy $40 for the comic book which of course he is not willing to part uh, with that issue for that amount of money so then Bart walks up and he says I'll give you 35 for it (laughs) (laughs) bartering is acceptable when you're trying to purchase a high dollar comic uh, bartering is to be expected Um, but yeah you're not going to get you're not going to get more than 50% off so then Milhouse comes up, and he has his money, and he wants the Carl Yastrzemski with the sideburns from 1973. <laughs> Show me your money, or else I'm not getting off the seat. He shows him the money. Freaking kid. <laughs> My all-time favorite comic book guy line. Freaking kid. Gets the card. So he gets the card, he comes him. back, and as he's gone, the boys start talking, then they realize, well, they have enough money if they pull it together to buy the comic book. So then he comes back, and Milhouse is like, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so, but then they say that they're going to buy the comic, so comic book guy's very happy to sell it to them, sells it, they walk yes, out of sir. the store, they walk out of the store, and they're all holding on to the comic, and they're very excited, and then some pretty good animation where they try to walk off, and they're all going in a different direction, and then they kind of stop because they're all holding on to the comic. I thought for sure they were going to, like, rip it rip in it. half there. Yeah. They would have. Yeah. <laughs> So they're trying to figure out what to do. So they come back and they're, you know, trying to discuss what's going to happen. And then, but when they open it and they and Bart's like, "Take a whiff, guys." And Millhouse has the great line of, "It smells like my grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it. That one of the things. And this is gonna sound weird, but you know, I don't care. Um, one of the things I truly do love about the older style comic book stores is the smell. You walk in, you breathe in, it's that kind of pulp paper. It's like smelling old books. It's yeah. Why, yeah, exactly. It's it's why I love uh, card smell so much. It it just reminds me of better times. What? You're like six. What better times are you talking about? people. <laughs> Brendan is 16. Well, I mean like... Better times in my life. I've seen some stuff. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> Not what I meant. No, I get what you're saying, though. But like, that's like kind of the smell that they're talking about. Yeah. So as they're kind of having this discussion, um, Comic Book Guy opens up the door and <laughs> says, "Guess she got more than you bargained for," and has a very odd cackly and laugh. cackly and long laugh. <laughs> Uh, maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. And um, as he's seeing the kids in this predicament and how they're going to uh, figure it out. So they decide that they're all going to go to Bart's house. Um, so they gather into the um, treehouse, and Martin, being Martin, has this very convoluted system for how they're going to handle the uh, 
ownership of said comic book, where they're basically going to be alternating days. Bart's going to get it on these days. Milhouse is going to get it on these days. Martin's going to get it on these days. But, of course, he doesn't figure Sunday. Yeah, what about Sundays? Well, (laughs) with Sundays, they're going to use a random number generator, where Martin's going to take one through three, Bart four through six, and Milhouse seven through nine. And I apologize if those were the incorrect names with those numbers. And then they say... Yeah, what about zero? What about zero? And then he says, well, in the odd chance of zero, we will do rock, paper, scissors, the best three out of five. And I know he says it in a weird, he doesn't say rock, paper, scissors, like scissors, paper, Is this the first Martin episode, too? No, he's been in some episodes prior to this. I think he was in, wasn't he in This is probably the first one where he He was was in Bart the Genius. Yeah, he was in Bart the Genius. Yeah, that's right, because Bart takes his paper. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is probably the first one where he featured fairly prominent yes he's like a correct mainish player yeah yeah because a lot of times he's just like you know he was just yeah. he was there for a reason for bart but yeah he didn't have a main yeah. purpose he's the the bully fodder correct yep yeah um so yeah so they kind of figure that out and then martin says with it being saturday i guess i will take my comic <laughs> book and see you guys later and they're on to him so they're like oh wait a minute and so they they pull him back and Bart says, tonight, this comic isn't going anywhere. Now, Carl, how did you feel that he put a brick on top of the comic when it was in the um, treehouse? Inadvisable. Because the comic, from what I could tell, was... And again, folks, I know it's a cartoon show. I know it's a comedy <laughs> show. But they got me here for a reason. <laughs> um, I noticed the comic book bag had no board in it. So you're possibly damaging the spine, which is one of the hardest things to protect on a comic. So yeah, don't uh, the pretty much any way they handled the comic once they left the shop was not advisable or accurate. And even it was, with even with how they were turning the pages. Right. And it was also right near a candle. Yeah, right near a candle. And they were yeah. heating the tweezers yeah. with a candle, with the candle, which is probably not a good idea either. No, like typically if someone has to grade inspect a comic of that value, we don't know what the the actual value of it was. Um, white cotton gloves are going to be used and depending on, you know, what comic it is, I think only two comics have sold for over a million dollars. I think that's... Uh, Action Comics number one, the first appearance of Superman, the first superhero comic, um, sold, they had a, I think it was an 8.6 grade of value, which is essentially finding, you know, a mint condition, you know, Van Gogh. Right. When all the other ones are garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's an, and then recently in Amazing Fantasy 15... I believe the first appearance of Spider-Man sold for over a million because it was a very high grade of the condition. But yeah, the tweezers, no. There's a very good chance you would. Because it basically it appears a radioactive man is modeled off of um, Marvel-style comics because he gets his powers from radioactivity. Like the and Hulk, the joke yeah. about like you know a lot of the early Marvel characters all getting their powers from radioactivity because... Back in the 60s, we didn't know what radioactivity did. So it was just kind of like, you know, it gave him powers. That That's 
spider was radioactively charged with energy and it bit him, so clearly it transmitted his powers to him, mm-hmm. not giving him a need for chemotherapy. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but um, At one so, point they do mention that they don't want Milhouse to read it again because the oil's on their fingers. Yes, again. that's... So they did say yeah. that. Yep. So I'll give them credit there where credit's due. But, um, all right. So what they kind of realize is that the book isn't going to leave, so all the boys say that they're going to have a sleepover. Real friendly life. Yes, I love friendly. when Bart starts doing that, having his freak out, like, yeah, yeah. we're pals. We'll be pals. Real friendly like. <laughs> Which, and apparently, I haven't seen this movie, so forgive me if, if you guys have, but the Maltese Falcon is... Say that again. Maltese Falcon. Maltese there it's he is. Maltese. Maltese Falcon. I was, I was, I was looking yeah. at Corey like, do you want to take this or should I? So that is all parodied in all of this with everything around the comic book and things like that. Does that make sense? Mm, I've seen the Maltese Falcon. It's been a while. but there were no, I don't believe there were any comic well, books no, in the Maltese but, Falcon. No, no, but like there's the... Like, there, yeah. There's yeah, like not, some people yeah. I mean, together. It's, it's kind of right. that, that item that everybody wants there was not necessarily sleepover and they don't really trust each other right right right. and like so that's what they were kind of playing with yeah this episode in this scene you should really watch Maltese it sounds like a one of the great Humphrey Bogart yeah Uh, Community did a uh, spoof of that right possibly I think in one of their episodes they did okay it's a spoof a lot of it sounds it sounds like a murder mystery party it does kind of sound like a murder mystery party a little bit So, yeah, so they have the, the sleepover, um, and Martin makes the one comment that he just assumed that the last one alive would just get buried with it, and then, <laughs> um, I feel like you forget if it's Bart or Milhouse, he's like, what do you mean, last person alive, and thinking that, well, he's going to kill them, and he's like, no, 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 I mean, like, way in the future, and they're like, well, I don't know about that. So, they go to sleep, and then, um, so the screen is kind of black, and then all of a sudden it flashes on, and we see that. Martin is trying to go to the bathroom and Bart catches him, sees that he's trying to go to the bathroom and he's trying to ask what he's doing. He's like, Oh, I'm just going to the bathroom. He's like, you're trying to take the comic and Millhouse wakes up and says, you know, what's going on? And he's like, he was trying to take the comic. Millhouse yells, (laughs) tie him up. up. (laughs) (laughs) So they tie him to the chair and, uh, so then Bart and Millhouse continue to talk and things are starting to go bad there. And so then they start fighting, and what were you going to say? Were you going to say something? Uh, the Homer yes. part. Yes, so yeah, that's, that's right here. <laughs> so yeah, so they're fighting, rolling around, and then go ahead with the Homer part. Yeah, and there, there was thunder and lightning, and Marge is like, Homer, maybe you should go check on the boys. And Homer's saying near the window where the treehouse is. It looks like he's sitting on a beanbag chair. <laughs> And the lightning strikes, and Homer's not really paying attention, and you see the boys, like, fighting with each other. He's like, eh, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just great. And now, didn't you send me something about a mysterious room in the Simpsons house? Yeah, I didn't read the article, but I posted it to your wall. That, it was, that's the room they were talking about. Oh, so the room in that Homer's article, in? Yes. So the room that Homer's in is referred to as a rec room. I didn't room. read the article. And it has only appeared in like three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. This, of course, being one of them. Um, it doesn't really make any sense with the um, layout of the house. 
apparently it just kind of gets used when the animators need something to be put in and they just put it in there and you know just kind of is is what it is. It's where so, the substance hide the bodies. It must the be. pocket dimension. Yes. So this is the first real time we see this. And yeah, Corey, you're right. Very interesting, weird looking room. There's beanbags on the chair or on the floor. There's little TV that Homer's watching. There's beanbags on the chair. Is also. <laughs> I was about to say so it almost looks like a playroom or something for the kids, you know. So, but again, we don't see this room very often. But this is one of the first times we ever see it. But um, yeah, that's. Just great. Just kind of shows the type of father Homer is. Just, oh, yeah, they're fine. Don't worry about it. So um, so after that, um, Bart is holding. So as Bart and Milhouse are fighting, Milhouse ends up falling out of the treehouse. And Bart is holding on to him. And as this has happened, the comic book has left the protective casing and is basically just Wait. sitting there. What? Did you miss the part where Marge goes up? During the rainstorm, and she sees Bart yeah, yes. all tied up. Yeah, yes, that you're was, right. Go ahead and afterwards. say that. Was that afterwards? Yeah, when, yes, it when was they see him tied up, right. that's afterwards. Right. Yep. Okay. But it is afterwards. She but that's also coming up. comes up uh, beforehand. Oh, yeah, because she, she comes up. Cookies, you're right. She comes up with the milk yeah. and cookies before Martin's tied up. Microwave yeah. s'mores. Yeah, with the microwave s'mores before Martin's Invitation tied up. Invitation marshmallows. And they're just eating them and just staring at each other with that great animation. Um, because none of them trust each other. So yes, you're right. I did forget about that. But now, so now we see uh, this precarious situation that Millhouse is in, and as he's being held over, um, this was, I guess, a shout out to a Hitchcock film, Saboteur. Um, this whole situation. So Bart is holding Millhouse. The comic is kind of vicariously kind of like there it's about to fly out of the treehouse and Bart has a decision to be made and Martin in the background says what does he say something like you wouldn't be in this predicament if he if I wasn't tied up or something like that and then Bart says shut up shut up shut up (laughs) in in a matter of which again we talk about lines from Simpsons making their way into everyday conversation the way in which he says shut up we have used Numerous times. Yes, that is true. I think Pat uses it the most. Yes, I believe so. Shut up. So, yeah, so Bart basically has a decision to make. Uh, Millhouse is pleading with him not to drop him. Um, Some great animation, too, I will uh, nod to with Millhouse as he's hanging there and his hair is all matted down because it's raining and everything. And just the terror. Yeah, and he goes, and it's been raining, so maybe it'll cushion your fall. Now the ground is soft right now. So Millhouse is pleading with him, don't let me go, don't let me go. So Bard makes the decision to pull Millhouse up, and then he stops, takes a breath, runs to the comic book, but of course it's too late. Comic book flies out, hits the ground, right in the mud. Then we see Santa's little helper run over, tear up the comic book. But all hope isn't lost yet until a lightning strike. Oh, oh all hope was lost when it was... Might have still been they may have still been able to read it at that point. It wasn't worth at that, anything. At that point, it ceases being collectors. It wasn't worth anything, but it becomes of the Carmen Parlance a, a reader yes. copy. And then, of course, the lightning strike comes down and hits the comic book and pretty much destroys anything that was left of it. So, Carl again, being a lover of comic books, did that pain you? I mean, yes. Yeah, did it bother the, you? Uh, yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did everything they possibly could to destroy that 
copy this issue. Mm-hmm. I do again. I wish like the one of, one of the fun things you know back at that time collecting comics before the internet was what the internet is today is that like you only really had a price guide to go by for the value of a comic and it gives you an idea based on the condition of the comic what the value of the comic is i kind of wish they had mentioned like what the actual value of the comic was i think that might have driven home the destruction of it more so okay interesting so yeah so we're pretty much done here but then uh we see the morning after and uh Homer comes walking out to his car, and we notice that Homer's window was down. <laughs> so he opens the door, and all, and all the, water the water pours out. out. <laughs> and his car is, like, halfway filled with water. Yes. It is a lot of water. It was raining a lot. So then we see the boys kind of going over to the remnants of the comic book, and they have a little moment together, um, kind of talking about it and whatnot. And... I don't know if anyone noticed this, but I found out in the commentary that when Nancy Cartwright came in to record that day, she had a cold. So if you listen to Bart's voice, it almost sounds like he has a cold. But they left it in because they're like, well, it was raining all night. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll just kind of leave it in. Um, And I found the, the coloring and shading using that scene very interesting. Like, they're really trying to give it a different look and I think that's like that's something you don't really see a lot in modern Simpsons episodes mm-hmm. like the coloring and shading is pretty standard right. regardless of time of day or whatnot. And they're really trying in that scene to say hey, it's the morning sun's coming up so you know a certain side of them is shaded dark right mm-hmm. and not just that but also like when they're in the um, treehouse at night and just the use of the shadow and, right, you know, it really, like, I noticed that a lot with the early episodes, um, that a lot of times the tone of the show and things like that is really dictated by that animation style with the shadow and, you know, the things that we're seeing, um, with the way that they were animated. So, all right. And then we end the episode with the boys kind of talking and they're saying, well, we ended up with nothing because the three of us can't share. And they say, well, what's your point? Uh, nothing. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. And Radioactive Man is in the little birdie's nest. Yep. And, yep, and then uh, roll credits. And, uh, you know, that uh, puts this episode in the books. So, um, so before we get to our fourth act, and let's keep it short because we're running a little long here, um, just final thoughts on this episode, Brendan. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I like this episode. I like I, I like what it's trying to do with with the characters because this is still pretty se- pretty early in the in the show. But it's not season one, so it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but we have we hadn't really seen much of Millhouse, and we hadn't seen almost anything of Martin. So I really like the the way that they're spinning. Uh, how they want this show to go in the future. Okay. All right. Thank you. Court, anything? It, it was a good episode. Good choice, Carl. That you were kind of forced into. Forced? <laughs> good choice. <laughs> Air finger quotes. All right, Carl? Um, it's good. I I would not, as I mentioned to you, um, 
I would not put it in the top 50, but it's all it's good. Yeah, it's it's one. Of, it's not aside from you know for me personally, freaking kids. It's not a very quotable episode. Mm-hmm. Um, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Well, I mean that's that's something in in our group that we tend to use, but it's not like one of those. It's not like you know I was saying boo earns, mm-hmm. whereas everybody's gonna know what you're saying. But it's one of those episodes that everybody remembers. Right. But again, I don't think it's top fifty. Right. Okay. Kaylin. I liked it. It was good. Okay. That's it. Short I mean, and sweet. Well, it's not. It doesn't top the last episode that we did. Well, I wasn't here. Yeah, that you wouldn't record on, but you loved for whatever reason. Yeah. The Lemon of Troy, right? Yeah, I, I really liked it. But not but, enough to talk about it. Well, I had a. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Um, and yeah, as for me, um, kind of like what Carl just said, like this is definitely one of those episodes that really kind of stuck with me as a kid that this was kind of one of those that I always remembered. Um, it just seemed to be pretty memorable for me. Maybe it was just the three kids and the sleepovers and stuff like that. Cause obviously I always did that with my friends and stuff like that. So, but, um, all in all, I mean, it's definitely not one of those laugh out loud you know, types of episodes, but a good story, very good story, and uh, has a lot of heart to it, and so kind of takes you back to, you know, again, those early episodes in the first couple seasons, you know, before they really started to get into the craziness of, you know, once the monorail hit and all that kind of stuff, and kind of going with that, um, so, but no, it was good, um, I definitely liked it, um, I, unlike Carl, I do, I would put this in my top 50, I'd probably put it you know, probably in the lower part of the top 50, but still I would put it on there, so. Well, I have higher standards. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so, all right, uh, ratings real quick? Yes. Okay. So, The Simpsons was number 23 for the week of May uh, 6th through the 12th. Uh, I'm just going to say one thing, well, two things here real quick with that. It was the number one on Fox that week. <laughs> and this was actually the of first course. time. At this time, that's not Yeah, safe. in 92, <laughs> or 91. Um, but this episode was the first time that The Simpsons beat The Cosby Show in the ratings. So that was a big moment for them because they were always kind of competing against The Cosby Show, and then there was a lot of controversy between the two shows and everything. So for the creators of the episode, it was, what did you say, 25 Overall. Uh, 23. Okay. 23 in the ratings, but to them, it was a win because they had beaten the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brown. All right. Now, Bill Cosby sent them some congratulatory coffee. Oh. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> all right. So, on that note, uh, <laughs> uh, I might need. We might need to give. Yeah, Corey might need a moment. <laughs> oh my god, she's she's recovering from a trip to Uncle Cosby's house of coffee. <laughs> Uncle Cosby's house of coffee. Stays weird. <laughs> Stays weird. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Bad. All right. So, but yeah, number Is three. Is it America's Home Funniest Home Videos? No. Number three was Cheers. Number two was Roseanne. Number one was Cry in the Wild. What the heck is that? That's gotta be a TV movie. Yeah, some sort of miniseries. Was Tori Spelling in it? Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll leave it to the listeners to look that up. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're running very long here, so. 
All right, All so right. real fourth quick, act. fourth act, just don't give me a real description or anything. Just tell me what you're excited about this uh, week. How much we have our guests tell us what okay. they're excited about. Yeah, um, I don't want to get like hopes up, but there is a possibility that the Devil's Due will be making a limited run return in the future. Possible, and I don't want to discuss what it could be about just yet, but, you know, we could be coming back. Um, <clears throat> get to go over to my friend Adam's house tonight, play some board games, possibly play some more Marvel Champions, nice. which I'm enjoying thoroughly. Cool. You'd, you'd probably like that. Yeah. yeah. You'd probably like it, too. I don't know, is it complicated rules? Because then she'll... Uh... Or if she wins the first Will time I she win? plays, then she'll like... Because... It's, it's cooperative. Oh. So we're all fighting a villain. Uh, so we're all winners? <laughs> Or losers. So it, it can give it can give another oh oh this show is gonna go a little longer. I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> it can give another opportunity for a Cyclops moment. Cyclops, Cyclops, oh which is so fitting for this episode. <laughs> so Cyclops, uh, sit down. Uncle Carl's gonna weave you a spell. Um, so we were all hanging out at my place one night. And we were, how how was I drunk? Were we drinking? I don't that think night? you were drunk. I, I don't think, think you, you were, were tired. Drunk. You were tired. You were exhausted. You were definitely was like tired. Was morning. I drunk, tired, like William? This yes. was yes. was were we where I am now, yes. or was I still okay? Yep. So we, you guys Wait, came over we, for a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now that I say it, remember, you guys came over for a bonfire, uh-huh. and we had the fire going for a little bit, and it started raining. And I so remember we all that. Went inside. So I was not. And they were drunk. like, "What were we gonna do?" Exhausted. And then somehow, like the, the video games came up, and we turned on PlayStation Three, mm-hmm. which I had on PlayStation Three, <laughs> the old classic X Men right. arcade game, and we figured, "Hey, awesome! Let's play this." It was me, <laughs> you, Brian, and Pat. Pat was Cyclops. <laughs> Pat was Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> and every time every time in the game you would lo- run out of lives and have to continue it would announce it would announce it would announce the name of the character you chose so so very often we would hear cyclops cyclops <laughs> cyclops <laughs> pat how many times are you going to die Cyclops. I mean, literally, I think it was thirty seconds. And like it said it, and thirty seconds later, it said it again. We're like, "How are you dead already?" Yeah. Tired, and I was doing better than Patrick. You were, except when you busted out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> and you're like, "Who is that, Corey? You're running into a wall." Why is Raphael just up in the corner <laughs> spinning around? Corey, wake up! We gotta fight the Foot Clan, Corey. That is true. Uh, oh, good times. All right. Any anyone else? I I won't say everyone, but Hey, what um what cosplay are you working on? What's your next uh Kalen? What's your next um project? I'm curious to know. I mean, you just got something. Cuz I loved your Spider-Man. What are you costume. wearing? Well, that's not a No, no, no. That's what I was going to mention was the Spider-Man one cuz I think that's your newest one, right? Yeah. I didn't quite like I didn't do it with makeup yet, but I will get to that. Um I have a list. Hang on. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> what's like? What's your? What's your Mount Rushmore? What's like the thing that you want to do do well and like really nail? Hmm. This is an audio medium. Um. While you're thinking, let me. Do you have something? 
I, I do have right, something. So you, you figure that out. We'll go to Corey. Really. So I'm not exactly sure because it's a video. I don't exactly know what it's called. Oh, but my God. There is a cat. Yes. Oh, my God. And the cat has a very weird meow. And he's, like, screaming. And it sounds like he's saying, my butthole. My butthole. And all weekend. his owner says, what's wrong, buddy? And it sounds like he said, I broke my butthole. Which he really doesn't. It's just you think that because <laughs> that's what they just, put in the screen on, down below. And it's so funny. Okay. And my coworker Mary Beth showed me. And she's like, this reminds me of Dean. <laughs> if you really want to see it. Because yes. it's not as good as we're making it out oh, to no, be. Oh it's, no, it's hilarious. If you just YouTube cat my butthole, it's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> be careful those Google searches. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Brendan, you got anything? Uh, the I don't know if I've done this before, but the YouTube show Unis Anis. I don't think so. Check it out; okay. it's incredible. That's the parkour it's, one. No, no. Uh, it is two uh pretty famous YouTubers. It's uh, and they they're gonna delete their channel in one year from where they started, and they just upload one once every day, just doing random stuff. And it's really funny. I highly recommend it. It sounds a little weird, but, like, it's really funny. Okay. I do random stuff every day. I don't have a YouTube channel. Well, maybe that, you that's should. That's not the Markiplier. It and is. It's Markiplier yeah. and his yeah, little buddy. Yeah, it's Mark and Ethan, or yeah, Frank, e- Game, yeah. Frank Gameplays. Yeah. All right. Kaylin's ready. Go ahead. All right. We got, we got Kaylin. So my next cosplay, or cosplan... Is. Plant. Oh my god. <laughs> it, it's, it's from a video game called Persona 5. It's my favorite video game. And his name is Ryuji. And it's his skull outfit, which is his Phantom Theme outfit. Okay. Phantom cool. Thieve outfit. So it's a relatively simple. I mean, it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. I'm not going to have to do that much work, but I'm very excited. Did you see the video that's been kind of making the rounds on Facebook of the General Grievous cosplay? I just saw it. Oh, it's freaking fantastic. So, they're really smart about it, because you know how, like, Grievous has, like, very thin robotic legs? So, what they do is, the person's actual legs is in the cape, and it's covered up, and the, the actual robot legs are attached to the cape. So, you don't, unless you, like, kind of see what the illusion is at first, when you're first looking at it, you're like, holy crap, it's live-action General Grievous. Yeah, because so, it's very thin, and, yeah, you know, the legs are very really, small and everything, it's, yeah. What's your, what do you... Um, I'm just kidding, we don't Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to pass it anyway, because we're almost on two hours as of right now, so... So what? Um, so, I mean, for me, I guess, um, as sad as it was, I was excited to see The Good Place uh, finish up, because um, I thought it, it, it actually did pretty well, and we watched it, Corey's crying right now thinking about it, because it was pretty sad, but it was it was very well done, I was happy with it. Um, I know the actors weren't real thrilled when they found out it was ending, but it sounds like they're all very happy with the way that it ended. But they wanted to keep doing it. Um, but Once again, it all goes back to Cheers because of Ted Danson. There you go. <laughs> Full circle. So Did they go to hell? Uh, Did they times. go to heaven? Was it purgatory? Was the island purgatory? No, they were dead all along. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right. I didn't watch show, but I've heard good things. Yes. 
I it's no, I, I would highly recommend it. It's very very good. So, all right. So let's with that, let's close it out. Oh, uh, adios. Goodbye. And I would like Carl to be on the show every week because Brendan was on his game and was not. Look at me. I'm on a podcast. Am I ever like that? You are. Uh. Every every <laughs> single time. <laughs> And once you got like that, Uncle Carl threw something at you. <laughs> so you true. were like, lesson learned. <laughs> and it took a couple times, but as soon as I brought out the rocks, <laughs> yeah. that's when it stopped. Because Brendan knows me well enough to know that it was not an idle threat. <laughs> right. All right, Carl, before you say goodbye, did you want to plug anything? Um, sure. If you are interested in hearing more of my dulcet tones, talking about geek culture and geeky things. Um, and your friend, and my friend Drew, we had a, a podcast called The Devil's Due that was uh, kind of breaking down the Marvel Netflix shows episode by episode. Gee, Brian, I wonder where he got the idea for the show. <laughs> um, and we don't, we used to do it regularly every week. The episodes are all still out there. There's over 100 of them. We did, I mean, obviously by title, you could tell it was Daredevil centric, but we did pretty much all the shows, not all the seasons. Um, so if you are interested, you can listen to those episodes. They're on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your fine podcast listening. If you listen to the show and you want to reach out to us, even though we don't still do it anymore, we still, um, do hop on occasion to do a movie review or something like that. You can find us the following social media locations. You can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod. You can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you at our website, the devils do podcast.com. God, it's been a while since I've heard that. <laughs> is, is it weird that I kind of got, Goosebumps hearing that. Like, he's right there doing it. He's right there doing, he's it. doing it. He's it's Bart. He's doing stuff. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, Carl. Thank you for having me. This was great. Of I, uh, anytime you guys want, I'll be back. Excellent. <laughs> um. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Dynamite dropping. <laughs> All right, and we'll smell you later, everyone.